So, Paul, yeah. what would be a horrifically ironic curse that murders you? Like, what's the one thing you'd like to improve about yourself, and how might that be used to murder you? Anxiety. So, you, you want to improve anxiety, so what's the opposite of anxiety? Uh, more anxiety, I think, is, <laughs> is how that works. Or you just get it is, so... It is a self-destructive cycle. You get so laissez-faire, and just, like, disinterested, that you just fucking wander into traffic. You end up living so dangerously, without any fear whatsoever. That you're just on fire almost all the time. Pretty much, yeah. As if I don't have any nerve endings in my hands, face, body, or butt. <laughs> or butt! Um, Not even in the butt. Yeah, especially the butt. But like <laughs> Fosca, the uh, lead character in Simone de Beauvoir's All Men Are Mortal, uh-huh. the crazy fantasy where it's a curse to be immortal, um, <laughs> it, would just, it would just lead, ultimately, to more anxiety as, oh, no. I, as I thought, but that makes me me. I don't want to write anymore. I don't want to podcast anymore, Paul. I don't even want to do push-ups anymore. I can Shit. do whatever I want. He's too chill. And that, yeah, it's too chill. I don't give anything to the world. I just take and take and take, and then I become head of Fox News. <laughs> that sounds like a perfect journey for me. A perfect Stephen King story. <laughs> intentions lazy gag reflex that's us i'm paul gag reflex i'm not sure <laughs> it's the last part of recommendations month oh no yeah well this one was recommended by our good friend katie you know katie you've read the stories you've seen the papers and the documentaries <laughs> we haven't though so tell us how how that went don't don't tell katie though because you know yeah you know you do know She's all about you've seen it, it. Yeah. You've seen it. Don't tell her. You know. You've seen it. Mate, is it pronounced Katie? Oh, fuck. Katie has cursed us to lose five brain cells a day by watching and then subsequently thinking about Stephen A. Ki- Stephen A. King. Stephen, Stephen A. King. Stephen A. King. Stephen A. King. Stephen A. King's fr- thinner. Thriller. Whatever. I don't fucking know. I'm too laissez-faire. Stephen fair. A. King's a thriller curse. thinner. <laughs> thriller thinner. Did you weigh yourself? 297. Billy, you were 297 last week. Well, it takes some time for these diets to work. For Billy Halleck, life is sweet. Maybe I gotta rub the Buddha! Bigger is better. I hate it when you do that. No, you love it. And too much is never enough. But tonight, all of that will change. You kill my daughter, and I curse her. From the best-selling novel by Stephen King comes the new shape of terror. This diet you're on, what is it? I don't think you'd like it, Henry. I'm being erased. Fear the power. That old gypsy put a curse on me. It's all your fault if you hadn't hit that old lady. Beware the danger. This is getting out of hand. This has been out of hand, and I'm just the guy to put it back. Please, take it off before this goes any further. I never take it off. Stephen King's Dinner. More terror. Less filling. 
directed by Spider-Man actor Tom Holland. <laughs> the same year he was born, actually. Very yeah, talented welcome baby. back in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom Holland also wrote Fright Night, and he wrote and directed Child's Play, another terrible Stephen King adaptation, The Langoliers. So he's got oh, the chops. Fantastic. But does he have he's... the chips? Or the flops. Or the flops. Or the shops. Or the flips. Has he got the fucking the flips, flips to hang out with these boys? I don't think so. That's why he directed Finna. Yeah. She doesn't give a flip about. <laughs> I don't give a flip about this. I give a flip about this. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> then he does a cool stunt. Somebody take away the, the Pepsi Max. This guy's out of control. <laughs> cool it. Cool it, Tom. <laughs> cool it, Holland. <laughs> Holland, my office, nah. <laughs> Critics reacted to this film like cursed chips. The Rotten Tomatoes consensus mm. reads, a bland, weightless horror film that f- seems to want to mock itself as the proceedings drag on. It's best to mock yourself mm. if you're dragging about the place. God, when am I going to get there, right, guys? You've got to, at some point, embrace your weaknesses before other people can get to them. <laughs> this is why I, end- I enter every party and say, I know, small penis, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this film would have been greatly improved if like every character had just sighed deeply before they went into whatever scene they were... <laughs> just every time it establishes a new scene, just... <sighs> What do you mean I'm still cursed? <laughs> oh, oh, Christ. God. Well, one can dream. <laughs> the public, on the other hand, couldn't get enough of that witchy pie. Mm. Love it. Ryan Kay at Amazon says, A cute, scary story-type movie. It's not ultra-high-grade or anything. Just let you know, guys. Not ultra-high-grade or anything yeah. like that. Uh, but it is professionally oh, done. Professionally done. These guys, this, this must have been a professional organization, guys. This isn't guys on their cell phones. No, you definitely. This is, a pro- this is a professional, low-grade movie. <laughs> and uh, I don't care what anyone says. That's the fact. <laughs> it's in a fun way that you can get into if you abandon skepticism and let yourself enjoy the funny, exaggerated, but still good theatricality of it. <sighs> no, just no. <laughs> I, this, this fucking argument of, oh, you'll like it if you, if you just uh, dispense with all uh, you know, common sense and your own <laughs> usual opinions and way of thinking. If you get rid of all that... Yeah, you'll love it. Yeah. If you just pretend that it's not shit for a second, it'd be great. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> for some reason, I like watching this type of movie to escape when I'm overwhelmed, sick, or in pain. <laughs> it captures the imagination. All right, I then. love that. It sounds like fucking yeah, Field definitely. Notes has been known to watch Stephen King's Fitter when overwhelmed, sick, or in pain. <laughs> help, help, I've been stabbed. Do you need an ambulance? Oh, just take me home. I've got an idea. <laughs> Uh, got a crazy yeah. idea. You guys can stay, but only if you abandon scepticism and let yourself enjoy the funny, exaggerated, <laughs> but still good theatricality of what I'm about to suggest. I'm pretty sure you're at the carotid artery, mate. Oh, you can go. <laughs> For Herzog. <laughs> Mr. Fucking Negative. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me mama won't be coming home for Christmas. <laughs> but I will still be watching Finn. Cynical bitch. So... <laughs> the film has 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, 33% on Metacritic, yeah. and made $15 million against a $14 million budget. That's a Chris Mill there. <laughs> that was probably spent on marketing. <laughs> Stuffed in the fat suit and uh, smuggled out of the production. <laughs> Good night, Tony. Wait, didn't you take the fat suit off? Hey! Oh, boy! <laughs> you got us again, Burke. <laughs> Buck Fuck starred this movie. <laughs> Burke Fuck. <laughs> Burke Fuck. I'm so poor, you burkfuck. Nah. Actually, I'm quite happy with the original one. So poor, you gypsy justice. Nah. <laughs> What's one thing about Finna that made you want to die clean? Oh, now, you know me, Paul. I don't want to bag on any pioneer of the English language, but the informal slash incorrect use of you and I in a film twice supposedly written by people is a great insult. So that's good. What have we done? What have we wrought? Katie, what have you done? You're a writer. 
How dare you? We should really sort things out between you and I. Mm. <laughs> mm, Katie, mm, you mm. and I are going to have words about this. Well, that's correct. That was the correct usage. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I don't understand it, then. I'm as dumb as Stephen King. Say it without the, the, you, the you bit. And if you would usually say I in the sentence, then it's you and I. If you'd usually say me in the sentence, then it's you and me. Oh, okay. So that means a great deal to you and me. Or you and I were offended at that. So that mm. means a great deal to you and I. Wrong? Yes, because you wouldn't say that means a great deal to I. Oh, I got you. Mm. Oh, yeah, the yeah, more you it. know. <laughs> That's how that theme went. Uh, <laughs> no. That's how it should go. <laughs> Learning's fun. <laughs> Guys. All right. Well, what happens if Fedder? There is a grand... <laughs> Just doing what I can to, to spread a little bit of cynicism, a bit of skepticism in oh, the Hollywood shit. scene. Oh, shit. Could you just leave that outside if you're going to talk about Fitter, please? I'm trying to enjoy the film, here. Try and enjoy it. Come on. <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy it. Um, <laughs> and and how, how could I not when it starts with this grand, slow, odorous Ooh. intro of cars, just cars driving in Maine. <laughs> I feel like we're watching planes. <laughs> Yeah. The planes in Maine fall mainly <laughs> on the Stephen King. Fall mainly on Brian Butterfield, played by Christian Bale, <laughs> who's our main character. And he's worried yeah. because he can see gypsies moving into the neighborhood, which, you know, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be Danny DeVito. <laughs> or, you know, or Matthew Broderick could have already been there. And ne- <laughs> neither. Yeah, it's, a, it's a rock and a hard place. Which one's a rock and which one's a hard place? <laughs> the whole movie is Brian Butterfield looking out the window and then Matthew Broderick looking out the other window and they just peek at each other. And it's awful. We hate it. I hate knowing that both of them are doing their stuff. Yeah, Stephen King's a nasty dog. He's he <laughs> subverts the reader's expectations, and uh, I like to think this came through in this film, where yeah. guy in a fat suit looks. He he just goes from looking the look of a sort of wired, amped up Michael Keaton to a guy who's constantly <laughs> afraid of being found out, and he does this through being loved by his family, eating all the food he has in sight, and then getting and then getting fat Tony off at a bloody local trial for thugs. Yeah, he's defending mob boss Joe Montaigne, best known for his yeah. role in Baby's Day Out. Hey, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. <coughs> hey, 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 relax. I got nothing to worry about. By the time the order goes through, this'll either be over or you'll be dead. And if you make it, You'll be able to deal with them at your leisure. Uh, from the yeah. charge of trying to kill Max Dugenfield. The case gets thrown out yeah. because the guy's name is too fucking ridiculous. Yeah. The defense calls Max Dugenfield to the stand, ordering Mr. Dugenfield's death. Max Dugenfield feels that. Call Max Dugenfield to the stand. Mr. Max Dugenfield, please. State your name for the record, please. Max Dugenfield. Mr. Dugenfield. Who was it, Mr. Dugenfield? That's not his real name. <laughs> Un-American. I'm sorry. They tried to kill you, Mister uh, Dugenfield. <laughs> Case dismissed. <laughs> Off you go, uh, you bloody scamp. Justice system's great, but the prosecutor oh, wasn't it. exactly shit hot anyway. You know, fucking fat suit Tony asks. Uh, Brian Butterfield asks, <laughs> "Who took out a contract on you?" Objection. Why? Oh, <laughs> I hate you, Brian Butterfield. You know all the law words. <laughs> And the fucking dude's just like, well, I mean, my wife took out the contract. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. That was easy. So, yeah. <laughs> you got me off again, counsellor. No, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't your fault, so. I guess not. Yeah, um, you were genuinely innocent, yeah. so great. Yeah. You really don't owe me a prolonged yeah. third act presence in this movie. <laughs> well, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> I'm going to earn it. He goes back to the office and it turns out that some of these gypsies are actually a bit sexy. Oh, what? Yeah, Butterfield gets some really mixed signals from Xena Warrior Gypsy. Yeah. 
flashes her underwear and then flips him off. Yeah, pulls, which you know magically pulls a coin from out of a bra. And, uh, <laughs> he loves it. I'd, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> oh, he loves it. So they're a bit sinister anyway, and sexy, which is hand in hand yeah. for me. Well, but... I mean, this is this is why we're here. But the um, figures <laughs> of authority in Maine bloody hate the gypsies. Oh, they do. The judge, another guy, yeah. everyone. Everyone. That's the feeling that we get from Maine. <laughs> anyway, there's a party scene, but then on the drive back, Butterfield's wife tries to distract Butterfield mm. uh, from food by putting something else in her mouth. His cock. His big old... It, what, he, he, he enjoys this with the look of a man that feels like he's left the gas on at home. And... Um, <laughs> And but he... for when or oh when will women stop forcing blowjobs on perfectly well-intentioned men? <laughs> I can't stand it. It's all the time. I'm just trying to think uh. about caviar smeared on lamb. And you are <laughs> stepping in front of that. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to punish the Romani community by running over one of their <laughs> oldest members. And he does that. Not, yeah. not strictly on purpose. But um, who knows from his face? Yeah. I mean, and... she was just trying to get away from Stephen King as a pharmacist, which we would all do it, when cause... suddenly she gets hit by our fellated hero. <laughs> what a wonderful title. And <laughs> you can only aspire to that, to that kind of love and you know, revelry. But uh, until then, let's just keep dissecting uh, Stephen King's thinner. Um, in, so in, in uh, the lovely, tolerant, gypsy-hating community of Maine, um, yeah. he gets off because, uh, well, the, ju- the judge is in on it. The other police yeah. guy who hates the gypsies well, is in on it. <laughs> the judge gets bored of facts and so dismisses Stephen King from the film. And then Commandant <laughs> Spangler from Malcolm in the Middle shows up to say that Butterfield definitely hadn't been drinking that night. You can trust him. Mm. He seems to be a colonel or something. Yeah, or something. Look at my medals. Look at his medals. Shine, 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 so trustworthy. Shine. <laughs> Were you there that night? No, but shine, 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 shine. <gasps> He's got the shining. Get out of here, Scatman Carabas. <laughs> you're, ma- you're medaddled scamp. What's the... What's the- Adjective for someone with meddled, I suppose. <laughs> medaddled, definitely. Medaddled. I needed the three-syllable thing, because just your meddled scamp is, is not it's not very good, is it, listeners at home? <laughs> I'd have gotten it? away with it if it weren't for you meddled kids. <laughs> They're in Nam. Show them respect. <laughs> um, well, yes, Butterfield he gets, gets left off, off. He gets off, but then he, an old gypsy gets him. And he says, yeah. he touches him on the head and says, thinner. Yeah. And his hair falls what, out. <laughs> how ironic that um, a man caught running over an old lady whilst getting a blowjob would be cursed with losing weight. <laughs> Poetic the justice. The fattening exercise there is. Punished. <laughs> yes, if he'd killed her somehow in his pursuit to lose weight. For food, yeah. It would have been ironic if he'd eaten her. Yeah. <laughs> this would have been a lot more ironic. But... Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't... Yeah, don't worry about it because he is losing weight now. Yeah. He notices straight away. Um, we get a sequence on a golf course that really shows off King's just natural ear for dialogue. Well, there's nothing like avoiding a little manslaughter charge to turn a man's life around. Ah, that's witty, Kirk. And compassionate, too. What did he say? Foot in mouth disease. Worse than that. That kind of attitude could cost you court cases, especially if you appear in my court. Listen, you leave me alone or I'm gonna give Billy five dollars to run you over in that golf cart. Hey, Kirk? What? Give me a little kiss, sweetheart. Right here. <laughs> Christ's sake, Billy, have you lost your mind? You know something? That's surprisingly easy to do once you've lost a few pounds. Ahaha! Uh, I'm glad you run her over. Am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
I am not a None of us deserve on. hubris. So, I mean, Butterfield does also at this stage notice some nasty dermatitis on his judge friend in the shower, Ooh. which is always awkward when you notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Distracts from the, the, the schlong. <laughs> hey, nice dick. Oh, you're... Um... You know, uh, got a bit of scale action going on there. Ah, it's nothing. Up there, son. Look at, his di- look at this dick. Look at it swinging around. Yeah, it's pretty good, mate. <laughs> it's pretty good, especially when it swings like that. <laughs> Hello, right, I will vote for you. Can I vote for judges? I will. <laughs> I'll pass a goddamn law. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I can do that. We're grown-ups. <laughs> so, Butterfield gets really upset about the weight loss. And he goes to see a doctor. Yeah. And the doctor says to him, your blood work is even better than mine. Dr. Jesus. <laughs> I'm fucking great. Dr. Jesus Golf. <laughs> Dr. Golf Jesus. <laughs> oh, man, he only had one ball, but he managed to put it into all the holes. That's actually not that unusual. <laughs> That's kind of what everyone does. That's kind of the game. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, he just, he just kept saying the word gypsy in such a horrible way. <laughs> Gotta respect a man for that. <laughs> Gotta base a religion around him. Hey, it's actually, uh, it's actually more respectful to say Romani, judge. I don't appreciate you coming in here telling me <laughs> about the gyppos that, that I shouldn't use a word. <laughs> that, that word's in the Bible, is it? Probably. <laughs> Shut up. Get out. That's case, what I wrote. Case dismissed. <laughs> what case? What is this? Takes his gavel everywhere. That's the problem. You've got to get it off him. It's like Thanos. <laughs> Everyone holding him down. <laughs> Pull <it>. Case. <laughs> Point of order. <laughs> oh, God. So, hey, Judge, you're not, you're not allowed to slap my ass in the club. Overruled, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> he sees the judge's wife out alone. Um, yeah. And he doesn't go and talk to her, obviously, bitches. But he talks to a dude, and um, he asks, Hey, is the judge sick? No, no, no. His sister just had a horrific car accident. He's fine. Don't worry. He doesn't have a sister. Well, somebody's sister. Look, the point <laughs> is... The point is, he's definitely not slowly turning into a lizard, like you think. Uh, <laughs> what? I'm out of here. Who are you? <laughs> a little tag comes out of his jacket that says David Iker. Oh. <gasps> Shit, I don't know what that yeah. means. So... Liz- as an as an aside, he was uh, he was an ex football player who became famous starting a cult that claimed everyone on TV were lizard men. Oh, I knew about the lizard men. I've never heard that name before though. Probably because yeah. I'm a lizard man. Oh shit! That noise for a lizard running off. It's what they they're very they're very small, so you can't hear it. But if you mic them up. Before before a day's work, then yeah, it's blah, 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 everywhere. Cut to just a fly sat on a leash. Blah, blah, blah. He looks out like, what <laughs> fuck what was that? Uh, never mind. <laughs> Jesus. I, no, I heard it again, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lizards Sandra all over the, the shop. <laughs> it's take shelter. It's the fly equivalent of take shelter. <laughs> David Nichols. <laughs> and it ends, blah, blah, blah. The, it ends with the family. <laughs> the whole family coming out to the beach. As they all hear just together, solemnly in the distance, on the wind. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that he did that at the end of the movie. It really ruined the fact that you didn't know if there were lizards or not. (laughs) I like to believe there were no lizards at all. Then Jessica Chast fly. She comes out and it's like, she nods solemnly, but then a big big tongue just slaps into them all and they all die. (laughs) He's a tough motherfucker, that Jeff Nichols. Yeah, he does eventually go and see the judge's wife. And um, one of them says, it was the gypsies, wasn't it? Which is my new favourite thing to say. <laughs> it was the gypsies, wasn't it? Just behind. There's no such thing as uh, gypsy curses. It, like, <laughs> it, it, it's better than more times you say it in a 19-minute period. Uh, the report's going to be a bit late, um, Paul. Sorry about that. It was the gypsies, wasn't it? 
Ah, uh, sounds like you've had a really rough day, mate. There is no such thing as a gypsy curse. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, man. I mean, you're thin as fuck now, so sure, <laughs> you get away with it. <laughs> you're shredded. I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> so, oh Christ, he finds out that the judge is actually turning into a lizard. Um, so obviously the next thing to do is call Joe Montaigne. <laughs> That's what you do next. He's got some tricks. He's got some tricks, and he's using them to chat up a woman in front of his mum. At least an woman. Possibly two. Yeah. And he asks about Possibly gypsy two. curses. Possibly see how the night goes. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's my Joe Montaigne, says the mum. <laughs> anyway. And he says, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't believe in gypsy curses, uh, Butterfield, <laughs> but I think I can find a crazy old lady who does. <laughs> Ma! He asks Ma. He says, Ma says that you've got to get the guy who cursed you to undo it. Well... What she actually says is you need to go doubting it for another act or so and then maybe try a few more conventional approaches and then have a dream sequence and then go and confront the near the old man near the middle of the third act. Yes. Okay. Good. Do me Probably a favor. Probably see another doctor. Let me know when the action's starting and I'll show up. Okay. He waves a, a, a vial of fluid. <laughs> <laughs> Ma, order some more acid. I'm going to need it later. <laughs> My son with the acid. Ma! <laughs> <laughs> Ask me about my business. <laughs> You're gonna use it on another lady, Joe Montaigne. Yes. <laughs> Lovable fat Tony, everyone. <laughs> you know me so well. So <laughs> first, they they do actually go to a clinic, killing a few more people on the way. They really shouldn't be allowed to drive anymore. <laughs> They're really bad at it, both of them. <laughs> the clinic can't help. Well, what, what does the clinic say? Fuck, I had notes on the clinic. I haven't written it up, but, but they're just really super enthusiastic about the whole thing. Good morning, Mr. Halleck. Morning. We've used the computer to synthesize your test results, and uh, amazing. It's all I can say. Uh, over 12,000 calories a day, and yet you continue to lose weight. Hey, we've totally found nothing right now, but don't worry. <laughs> we've used the computer, and um, basically, yeah. you're losing weight <laughs> really quickly. And what do you want me to do about that? Absolutely nothing, sir. <laughs> well, we're going to run a few more tests. Can you come back next month? Uh, all right, fuck this. I'm going to go visit Spalding from Malcolm in the Middle, the <laughs> other guy, the guy who told everyone that he was sober that night. Oh, yeah. And he's got weird growths all over him. So what does the gypsy man say to him? Because the whole idea is that you say one, the gypsy man says one word to you and that happens to you. So he said thinner to him. He said lizard to the other guy. Yeah. What did he say to Spalding? Gross face. <laughs> it sounded so bizarre and cryptic at first, but now it makes sense. Now that I have a gross face, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> Now I'm Johnny Grossface. Take this gun and kill him for me. Well, I was going to ask him to take the curse off. Oh. Oh, yeah, cool. Can you do that for me? That's a great idea. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Actually. I'm going to hold off shooting myself in the head until you've done that. Okay. Well, well I mean, I've got to drive up there. Oh, fuck it. Bang. And he's dead. Tragic. Butterfield is losing weight and does look more like Patrick Bateman now. <laughs> Hence, I shall refer to him as such for the rest of this um, plot rundown. He um, dramatically throws a chicken at a wall. Take that, wife. <laughs> Screams at her with cake all around his face. <laughs> yeah, incidentally, he blames her for the crash because of the whole blowy. And yeah. also thinks that she's cheating on him with Dr. Jesus. Um, yeah. So he, at this stage... I th well, we'll come to that. I have yeah. a theory on that. Ooh. Um, yeah. I like your he, he, I know. It, the JF, oh, single bullet is going to blow it right out of the water. So, <laughs> Some magic stage, blowy theory. <laughs> the magic blowy theory. Back and to the left. <laughs> <laughs> lol, lol, everyone. Well, look, he's he's going on the lamb now because his um. Well, we find out going later the that lamb. the wife and doctor somehow fucking put him like he's gonna go to an insane asylum. They get that has no impact. I, I'll, again, it plays into my 
theory, but he goes yeah, on the okay. lab and he visits a PI yeah. who read the Stephen King novel this is based on, and so knows exactly what the gypsies are and where to find them. So, yeah, but right. he still needs more information. So he goes and visits another dude, and this no. dude is like, "The information is free, but you need to pay me eight hundred dollars, or I'll collect the five thousand dollar bounty that your family have placed on you." <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a super good deal for me. But um, yeah, you sure you don't want to just call in a tip just tell them where i am for five thousand dollars or at the very least blackmail me for five thousand dollars like or six thousand even yeah. to make it worth your while i'd pay it <laughs> my, my life literally is dependent on me remaining free on the land so yeah i yeah. would pay it more money more problems <laughs> look I, he's just a good samaritan paul he Aww. wants he does want some money because he's clearly broke he lives in a hut but if, <laughs> he's not greedy man he doesn't want five thousand dollars what's he gonna do with that spend it on on prozies probably not look at him <laughs> spend it on the local gypsies well speaking of them um what did i say i was gonna call him from now Very on right on episode <laughs> he goes he go bateman goes to the fair and um he meets yeah. the uh the gypsy Native American Indian shaman who's there. It's yes. the first time we get a prolacted. Fucking hell. It's the first yeah. time we get a protracted dialogue from him. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. quite a ride. I can tell you wait from right here. One, five, nine, right? And next week, going to be one, four, three. And the week after that, we don't like to think about that, do we, mister? <laughs> Things get tense, uh, and he rides off with Lizard Man. Uh, they crash yeah. into an oil tanker, but it was a dream, or was it? Oh no! Because Lizard Man really or did do it? that, but without without Bateman, because he he wasn't there. Yeah. So take so, that gypsy curse. Bit of a shinning quality in there as well. Oh yeah, maybe he was there the whole time. But the question is, would he still have driven into an oil tanker if uh, Bateman had dreamt that? I don't know. Whatever. It's not really. There's <laughs> not really. A if Michael Keaton had dreamt it, you know it would. Um... <laughs> Because of the, the one... No, I can't make that joke. That wasn't going to come out right. Anyway, <laughs> this has defeated both of us, this dream sequence. Yeah, trying to make a Birdman reference and... Oh, God, this is, this is fucking abstruse, isn't it? Just <laughs> move on with it. It's abstruse. Move on with it as, as Brian Butterfield, a.k.a. Patrick Bateman, a.k.a. Um, exasperated Michael <laughs> Keaton, goes, Oh, I, I think maybe I'll track him down now for, uh, properly for the third act. Although maybe I could ask a few more people. Yeah. Gather a bit more information and it just cuts to him. <laughs> Uh, Joe Montagna's place. Yeah, well, uh, he does get a call from Lizard Man's wife, who um is like, I guess it's a happy, kind of a happy ending. The old tanker business. He always wanted to be cremated. How often did he bring that up? <laughs> he always said oh. every day at breakfast. <laughs> Speaking of wanting to be cremated, <laughs> just that that's, his Stop wife it. says that desperately trying to get him away from the subject. Anyway. <laughs> Yes, so, yeah, great. Bateman meets a guy in a bar who does a better old man voice than the old man. And he says, yeah, yeah. that guy's in town. So you can go confront him whilst you're awake. What? How do you know about that? Ooh, runs <laughs> off. Uh, hmm? It's Tom Holland. No. <laughs> but after some... He gets some more mixed Tom signals. Holland flips in. He webs <laughs> everyone up. <laughs> he flips over the bad guy's back. But after some more mixed signals from the gypsy girl, which includes her shooting him in the hand, um, <laughs> we don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> she did it so saucily. I mean, the old man, who's now added Caribbean and Mexican to the accent mix, uh, <laughs> refuses to take the curse away. And with his hand bleeding, he says, I'll curse you. I'll curse all of you. The curse of the white man from town. And everyone starts laughing. Probably sounded better yeah. in his head. 
Also, yeah. that curse is pretty much just American society. Just <laughs> the curse of the white man from town. Just come back in a year and most of these people will probably have been deported or interned or, or yeah. you know, fallen victim to the violent and dangerous lifestyles that they've been forced into by society's indifference to them. That's the, that's the real revenge. Yeah. But it's not quick enough, so he gets yeah. Fat Tony to shoot up the place. Yeah. <laughs> Escalated in a way I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Um, yeah. This is not before saying, uh, bringing the sexy gypsy lady into a barn um, and throwing acid in her face and saying, acid, bitch, and then going, it's not really acid, it's soda. Here's yeah. the real acid, though. I'm going to put it on your face <laughs> yeah, and, and that balance was, it there. That was actually after the shootout, fucking ridiculously. They they, they, they mess up the camp. Oh, it and was. They leave, sorry. Yeah, sorry. You're they right. leave signs everywhere that say, the white man from town says, take it off. Yeah, it definitely mm. can't be misconstrued, can it? It's airtight. Make sure you particularly put it in the gypsy woman's tent. <laughs> That's it, because then Joe Montaigne turns up as dressed as an FBI agent. That's um, right. Despite, wasn't he quite visible gunning people down in a... <laughs> well, yeah, he seems to be really super obvious as he's shooting up the place and he ties up and gags the gypsy woman's juggling husband and then sets him loose so that the gypsies look at him and like, oh, look, that bound man who's awkwardly trudging directly towards us. That's yeah. definitely the shooter. Shoot him. And so Get they him. shoot. They, they're the ones who shoot um, the gypsy's yeah, husband. Yeah, that is true. But that, no, I remember now because Joe Montaigne turns up with glasses and everyone goes, oh, oh shit. yeah, he's, he's, super he's a man of the law. <laughs> Excuse me, doll. I'm here to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, dame. Uh, yeah. Do you want to come to this barn so we can I can take you to the police station? Yeah, sure. Seems fine. And um, Where did you get that acid yeah. from? Old Italian recipe. And um, he threatens <laughs> her with that. The used to make it. It's really uncomfortable. And yeah. yeah. They finally manage to arrange that Bateman's going to meet the old man. And the old man says, okay, look, here's what we're going to do. I don't, I don't really like this. It seems to me that you killed my wife, and I'm pretty happy to just let you die. Um, so, mm. But fuck it. Here's a pie. Um, let's put your curse in the pie. And then you get someone to eat mm. the pie. Easy. Did you bake this pie? <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> Where did you get this perfect pie from? <laughs> It's old so, Romani recipe. It's an old <laughs> Romani recipe. Where, where am I from? <laughs> so, yeah, he, he goes home and, and fields surprisingly few questions regarding his fucked up hand. And then he tells his wife to go and eat the pie. No, yes. And the yeah. next morning he asks her, did you try it? Wait, you didn't watch her eat it. <laughs> There's a pie in the kitchen, I... love. I'm off to bed. Would you want to have some? <laughs> no, fuck it. Just tell me in the morning if you had it or yeah. not. I haven't, I haven't seen you in, in months. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. I'm going to go to bed. Just make sure you eat the pie. Definitely make sure you eat the pie, mate. My life depends on, on it. Nevertheless, I'm going to have a bath. <laughs> Goes on, puts on Shania Twain, sinks into a lavender-scented <laughs> bath. Dreams away the night and wakes yeah. up to... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wakes <laughs> the, up to... The flesh-rotted fucking... corpse of his wife. Yeah, who ate the pie? Turns out she did try it, so, but so did the daughter. Yeah. Fuck, oh, he definitely well, should have monitored that more closely. Yeah, probably. Um, he was spending too much time kissing his dead, melted wife. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. It's oh, different. well, now that the daughter's eaten it, I guess you'll, get have, you'll have to get her to bleed into a pie and then feed that to someone else. Maybe donate it yeah. to death row. You've, you're a lawyer, so you can probably make that happen. And Oh, no, all hope is lost. Okay, great. All right, well, yeah. Bateman, accepting his, his failure, um, cuts a piece of that pie for himself. Only mm, the test audiences right. didn't like that, so the doctor Blah. shows up instead. Yeah. Um, turns out she, and now we learn, yes, she really was cheating, uh, which is, which makes, means it's fine then. Everything that happened. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. Brilliant. Yeah. Great. He says, well, he says, come in. He can't, he says, come in, have some pie. White doctor from town. <laughs> uh, now it's, that? no, it still sounds dumb. 
The end. Mm. <laughs> the end, unbelievably. The test oh. audience is still frantically jabbing their button. Yeah. Well, no. the te- here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, get me out. I imagine they have a big red button on the side of their chairs that they noisily have to slam with a fist. <laughs> so it's very obvious that when their discontent is noted. So there were many weird things in this film. And then I read that there were reshoots and suddenly it made yes. more sense. Um, I'm going to yes. guess that amongst other things... The reshoots included the dream sequence, everything mm-hmm. that involves the escort that he hires to do security, yeah. and the ending. Because the thing about the escort, the, the feedback was it's not scary enough, there aren't enough bodies. So they add the escort mm. bit, which lifts out the movie yeah. super easily. And most hilariously, when they come out and find the escort's body, we didn't even mention him in the plot, he lifts out so easily. It's just the mook. Yeah, the mook. Um, yeah. When they find him dead in the car, white man from town has been written on the car in whipped cream which I thought was bananas until I realized, no, later in the movie, because this is a reshoot, later on his car's going to be fine. So they couldn't have done it and like paint or scratched it on because then it would have been like, uh. where did the, how did the car get okay again? So that's why it's whipped cream. But there are so many things that wash <laughs> off of things. Blood would wash off of aluminium. That's true. <laughs> yeah, blood would have been a good one. But it's a red car. Fuck, they didn't think about that, you see. Oh, no. <laughs> but I think also all of the stuff about where the, the wife actually is cheating on him is studio, is, is reshoots. But because to it's only that one line. His yeah, exactly. Behavior. So that it's not such a sad ending. Because the book ends, you know, he fucked it up. He was the bad guy the whole yeah. time. You know, now he's going to kill himself and die of his family, which is, Very you know, better. <laughs> which is better. You know, in this, it's like, oh no, she really was bad. He's Keanu Reeves, and now he gets to get revenge on the Doctor. It's all good. Yeah. Never mind about the daughter. She'll be, uh, well, she'll be dead, but you know, it's fine. It's very much Michael Keaton's monologuing scene from Birdman. <laughs> um, for him. And yeah, and the original Stephen King ending is the, is the sort of, it's the Twilight Zone monkey yeah. paw type. I have brought this on myself, and now I will die and join them. Which yeah. is surprising for Stephen King. I thought it would have been more of a... And then a clown appeared. And, uh, he <laughs> and was then it was a transdimensional The embodiment demon. of all the gypsies. And we all got together and uh, learned to believe in ourselves. And he went off. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, in spite of that, in spite of the reshoots, um, what did you think of the movie? Uh, hands down the silliest film I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Um, it had a very it, carnival feel to it. It felt like an episode of yeah, Goosebumps. Very cavalier. <laughs> Do you feel like goosebumps? You're absolutely right. I think that's the... it. It's yeah, sort of spooky, not scary, but spooky in that Ooh. sense. You know, just Halloween. Spooky. It's it's that's the thing about Stephen King. It's why I've never found his horror all that compelling. You know, until somebody Ooh. who really knows what scary is adapts him, like Mr. Kubik did. Yeah. Um, his sensibilities are Funhouse. You know, yes. it's it's Funhouse, House of Horrors, skeletons jump out at you and make you go. Ugh! You know, and he yeah. comes up with good premises, but in terms of scares and actual fear, it's he, he didn't really move past spooky clowns. Yeah. And bodies it's... that were all gross. Yeah. Or a man so with scales, that... like the freak show. It's a very fun fair. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, you know, there's also a, quite a lot of the movie that takes place at a fun fair, so they're really just digging well, yeah, their own grave here. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's silly, but not in a the way that Birdemic or Manos is silly. Yes. I, I can't... I, I've been struggling to put my finger on exactly why this is so silly. And the the premise is definitely the premise has definitely been realized 
in the wrong way for me. There are two ways you could have done this. One is sort of very goofy, kind of silly, um, lean into it that way. But you cause you could have also done this in a Cronenbergian style. You know, he Absolutely. keeps getting thinner. His body's getting more and more disturbing. Yeah, really lean into it. Actually, fingernails research, are coming off, and yeah, research things like the teeth things. Are research things that happen to anorexic people and make it like a subtext about anorexia and tie in the whole eating disorder plotline into the actual thread of the movie rather than just because he could have been getting fatter the whole time yeah or he could have been his skin could have been turning red or he could have been turning into a giant fly it doesn't actually impact on his actions or the effects no. of the or the events of the film which become very much a find the gypsy man and then have an action sequence thing yeah and, and and that's it. it that reduces yeah. the film to just ah, oh, I can't believe I'm losing weight. Let's oh, let's solve this. Um, <laughs> it, it reduces the film to no, a subtextless experience. <laughs> yeah, it's it very just... surface level. But um, yeah, I will say I kind of I had a it was a fun old surface. I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was it was hilarious. I yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I stopped laughing. And yeah. there's a lot of reasons for that. The the <laughs> crazy performance of what is it? Robert John Burke? Is that it's Christian name? Bale. No, I don't know. Let me um let me look him up. Yeah. Let's actually get some names. He he yeah, just the way he sort of sadly smiles with his very expressive eyes. It just looks so ridiculous in the fat suit. Yeah, it was a it's... terrible looking effect. I mean, a lot of the effects, some of the effects work, but a lot of them were terrible. And it's Robert yeah. John Burke. Robert John Burke. His performance was very at odds with everything else. With with the premise again because yes. he he seemed to be channeling oh, what a God. fat guy is like they're jolly yeah. right oh Ooh. <laughs> crazy <laughs> I, 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 my, this is my reaction to everything now and and then when he got thinner he just became really intense with the worst one liners yeah and the, the the dialogue itself felt like Stephen King and the writer of this movie had a keyboard each plugged into the same computer <laughs> and they were just furiously deleting each other's lines and writing what they thought should have been next well, because no honest- two lines of dialogue matched each other no there's some very strange dialogue moments in this i've just read that one of the writers is michael mcdowell who wrote beetlejuice and the nightmare before christmas and that just makes so much fucking sense right okay again it's halloween aesthetic this it's just hard to take a film seriously when there are lines like terry was fried as usual hunting for his keys and he never saw the old man coming i did i tried to warn him but i was too late <laughs> just, the, just it's quite garth Marenghi, isn't it yeah it, blood. it is blood <laughs> blood blood and bits of sick yeah as if it's my fault i'm sorry was i giving myself a blowjob just then that is a horrible thing to say is it specifically a horrible yeah. thing to say it's it's a it's an yeah it's a khaki like cat-handed response to every line that just makes me wonder at the the origins and how this thing was developed because there are so oh, many people that go into just... making a film and proper yeah. expi- it's a proper example of writing it but not saying it <laughs> yeah but it's just the credibility of stephen king at that stage i mean this is at the height of stephen king adaptations in this yeah at this period and it was um he does write he does tend to write dialogue like that that's very on the nose particularly when he's writing bullies or whenever he's writing an argument mm. you know the one i always think about is um the mist where mm. she confronts the religious person in the toilet and the religious person says something like um if i ever want a friend like you i'll just stoop down and ship one out and it's like, who are you? Wait, <laughs> the, the thing you is, you meant to be like the ultra conservative, yeah, like white America style lady. I guess that's convincing in a, I guess, sort of that horrible family um, context. 
you, you just need, with those lines, you need somebody like Christopher Lee who can take a George Lucas line and, and deliver it with as much <laughs> majesty as, as anything the Coens could bring to screen. And, <laughs> but actually yeah. you have loads of, sort of bit players and, and smaller actors who don't either don't get the, the care and attention they need from the director or, or should just not be trusted with these crazy lines. <laughs> or maybe they did and the director's a madman. Oh no. <laughs> Cheese thief. <laughs> it was a really campy movie. It was a little frustrating because it had the potential to be otherwise, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't entertaining yeah. with a slight dip in the middle, maybe. Oh no. Around the point where he goes on the lamb, but it picks up at the end once John Mantegna gets involved. So Yeah, it's half an hour too long. Would have been better as a TV. Yeah. Special. Yeah, that's that's and, definitely true. Uh, it feels like a TV special. It feels like one of the straight yeah. to DVD Stephen King adaptations that you got. Aladdin Two: Return of Jafar. <laughs> that's it, it. Needed to be pitched either as Shallow Hal or Scanners, and uh, <laughs> in the middle, it's it's just a it's a very entertaining mix. Yeah. As a result. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk more about the stuff we liked. Let's quick fire. Quick fire. I like the spooky music um at the beginning. Again, really set the tone mm. for um. Watch out! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. There's there's nothing there that's going to suggest a nuanced body horror film. <laughs> this um, isn't going to be but fucking like Dolores it. Claiborne, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also like that. I, I mentioned it at the beginning with the that paired with the intro. I thought it was yeah. yeah it's still set the pace nicely. Yeah, I really like the daughter. I thought she was yeah, really fun. I thought so. Particularly the first breakfast scene. Yes, when she's. Just, just reacting very sassily to the dad, and then they do their return Godfather accents, which are both very good. I love that. That's so cute when they do that. You'll say this is justice. This is not justice. Keep it up. I'll take your video card away. <laughs> you would not. No. Try me, sweetheart. There's my ride. I go to wipe out the Taglias in art science. Oh. Uh, the gypsy guy springing up outside the court made me jump. <laughs> 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 I mean, my God, the fucking hell, the portrayal of the Romani community this is just, <laughs> is, hey. is, is fucking unreal. Hey, and, uh, some of them are hot. Got to remember that. <laughs> some, of, some of them are hot, sexy sluts, according to <laughs> one, one of the guys in this film. God. I mean, th- th- yeah, there's that line, um, you see that gypsy piece of ass over there, which is just everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, they, they code him, this is what's interesting, is they code him as being like a bad dude for saying that. And they also sort of yeah. suggest that, oh, it's bad, the discrimination that these people are facing. But they are evil. <laughs> they do have magical evil yes. powers and they will curse you. You know, it's kind of <laughs> the author kind of being like, oh, it's disgraceful the way we demonize these people. They are demons, though. Yeah. Yeah. They are century-old sorcerers who will will fuck your life up for no reason whatsoever. And it's like, well, how do you want me to feel here, King? <laughs> and not just in the film, says Stephen King. They're actually in real life as well if you just check the files. <laughs> check- and I don't know how to feel about you anymore, Stephen King. <laughs> Yeah, look, every time it cuts to his sneering yeah face is, is amazing. <laughs> the twice after he touches um, Butterfield's face and yeah. says thinner. Yeah. It cu- twice it cuts back to him sneering from behind a car window. Both times a cl- stark close-up of his face. Mm. And then later on when he's he's passing, I think it's over to that detective, the bad blackmailer. Yeah. It, then it's a hard cut to this close-up 
picture of him pulling the exact same sneering face. It is the best unintentional running gag of the movie. Yeah, okay, there's a potential for a good line here, but it just re-emphasizes the fact that it's just not quite right. The line is, um, the, the guy, he goes to get a new suit tailored for him. And it's like, This diet you're on, what is it? I've tried all the others. I might as well try this one. I don't think you'd like it, Henry. In fact, I don't think you'd like it at all. Oh, that's dumb. Mm. What would have been better is, I don't think you'd like it. In fact, I'm not sure I like it either. Mm. That'd have been a bit better. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The, I I quite liked the delivery of I don't think you'd like it at all. It was very <laughs> out of sorts with the rest of the scene because <laughs> the next thing is the tailor for about five seconds straight just going, ooh, with his tape measure. <laughs> Can't wait to measure you. Suits you, sir. Yeah, like Robert John Burke delivered the occasional baller line. <laughs> and, and sometimes I went, oh, there's real intensity there, and that's great. Just, just mostly, mostly the whole film was ridiculous, so it's hard to get a, hard to get a good, good purchase on his old, yeah, mouth sounds. But I do like his sad smile, just with his very doughy, sort of soft eyes, and his, you know, especially in the fat suit. There's just something about it that makes him seem very sweet. <laughs> the way he smiles awkwardly, oh. especially when the gypsy woman is flashing her underpants at him, and he just yeah. kind of is smiling pleasantly, like, huh. yeah. Oh. Lovely, great, thank you. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, oh. it is very, it is very much a. I'm gonna have to buy a new belt. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it wasn't a sneer. It was just a kind of. Oh, great! Yeah. Oh, look, the first first was... Robin of Spring. Great. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Robins in spring, everyone. Global warming. Sort it out. <laughs> oh, it, I mean, that's what happens when you get a fat suit that doesn't have any facial expression. Doesn't allow for facial expressions. <laughs> but oh, Jesus. silver lining, every cloud. <laughs> um, look. That 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 lady was a very sexy lady, Paul. She was very sexy. That much yeah. is um, definitely look, the case. Congrats to her because I'm sure she had some part to play in that. <laughs> she definitely was involved somewhat. Um, yeah, good stuff. Um, the description of the lizard husband is further evidence for me that the dream sequence was reshoot based because we spend mm. so long on that description. I'm sure that there's a cut of this movie where that's all we get, where it's just her mm. description of her, what her husband looked like when he went off. And then later on, we find out that he killed himself. And the dream sequence was a late addition, and they decided, okay, we've got to inc- include gross husband face. Um, yeah. I will say though, his appearance, Palpatine. his appearance was good. He looked gross. Yeah. His skin was flaking off. He was all f- cracked up, and yeah, yeah, that was unpleasant. So I liked it, but I will say it was creepier when it was just the husband. Like, <sighs> HR did a plane to take him to the mayor. Did I tell you that? Because he can't bear to have people look at him. At the end, before he left, his hands were like claws. His eyes were just two bright little specks inside of these deep hollows, like pieces of tinfoil. And his nose. Sinister. I liked it. It was well delivered by the wife. Yeah, she was an interesting performer. (laughs) Yeah, she was. There's a bit where Butterfield, Buster Butterfield, Buster Keaton, comes into work after getting Janelli off for the thing that he didn't do. And he's so out of breath from from the small exertion of coming upstairs yeah he looks in in so much pain like physical yeah. and emotional distress <laughs> it really hurt me <laughs> it was so he looked so weak yeah. and so unwell at that that point i just i, I picked up my cat I, I, I went and took a long bath and, <laughs> with uh, the cat <laughs> yeah i hated it but i was fine <laughs> 
the PI who delivers all the exposition, he's eating a good-looking hamburger, and that is the only good-looking food in this movie. Everything yeah. else the guy eats looks awful. He's dipping prawns yeah. into some sort of thick red sauce at one point, and it, no, no. But that hamburger I mean, the detective's eating, pretty fine American hamburger right there. Is this this is uh, the sort of non-sloppy hamburg- hamburger that you profess to like in Showgirls. Yes, it's a very clean hamburger. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with my clean burgers. <laughs> But look, yeah. I, I've actually been called out on that subsequently by people who say, hey, leave the sloppy hamburgers alone. All right. But <laughs> I will say... liberal left. <laughs> my tastes include both sloppy and non-sloppy hamburgers, but mm. I'm finding in this day and age it's difficult to find really good quality non-sloppy burgers. I feel like oh. that's where the taste trend currently is with the slopsters. And I yeah. like a clean burger and I don't know where to get them. So right in. Mm. Right in now. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. For the love I'm of God, so tell hungry. me. <laughs> I haven't eaten since the 90s. Help. Just tell me. <laughs> Look, guys, we've had a lot of fun at OGT, but my co-host is a bimanual burger boy, and <laughs> he likes them both. He just needs to f- needs to find the right one. <laughs> so send $100 to It's uh, like my sexuality, you know? Charity. I'm, I'm, I will profess a fondness, but really, if I found the right thing of the other one, yeah. I'd probably be all right with it. I would suck the right cock for me. <laughs> I'd absolutely do that. Um, if I could just find one that wasn't attached to a man, I feel like I'd be fine with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to say never, you know? <laughs> Not until I've actually met Tom Hiddleston and said no, which I can't see happening. <laughs> like the second part. No. <laughs> no, or Tom Holland. Or Tom Hollander. <laughs> Tom Hollander. Um, I, fuck yeah. Get all yeah. in. Get all in in there, I say, gesturing to my butt. <laughs> Get right up there, hamster. <laughs> I really enjoyed how horrible the judge was to Stephen King. Not because of how I feel towards Stephen King. I'm yeah. fairly, I'm, I'm, I'm King neutral. Okay. King bivalent. But um, <laughs> King bivalent. Uh, it was, it was great to bring in the the genius behind this story, put him in a position, and then his one thing is that every character hates him. <laughs> and it's just like, well, judge, if you just let me answer, all right, I've heard enough, you fucking dick. <laughs> Go write another movie, you prick. And he comes out and kicks him on the way out. I'm going to go make a movie about cars. <laughs> Don't care what you do. Yeah, that was good. I liked, oh, I really liked, um, after the ball bearing gag, I liked his see-through hand. Yes. Where he's got good. a hole in his hand. Really reminded me of a Raimi gag or um, from Dust Till Dawn. Hot Shots Part Deux. Part Deux. It was good. I liked it. Great. Yeah, mm. I, th- I thought that looked good. You got a whole finger in there. Yeah. I like that there was a bit during the movie that every scene began and ended with him eating, just stuffing his old face there. <laughs> and uh, I just love the way that became a bookend. My last two before the final one are bodies. So I'll start with this one. The escort's body found in the car with mm. a ball bearing lodged in the eye. It was, yeah, it was really yeah. quite unsettling. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was gross. It was gross. It's upsetting. I felt sad for everyone yeah. involved. I feel sad now. I feel sad. Give me that cat. <laughs> Go into the bar. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Yes, cat. Ow! I love it too. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> my, la- my last one before our one best thing is uh, oh, the dolls that are in the- on the the gypsy f- um, oh, yeah. fairground stool, which were much better realized than they were in that fucking film we watched when I went on holiday. It was in Devil's Hands, was it? Oh, yes. Yes, it was. The de- Oh, yes. I think it was the Devil's Hand. <laughs> Yeah, Amazing. but they were they were very. I mean, that was the best body horror for me. They were really creepy. They had, um, yeah, uh, Buster Butterfield's haggard, gaunt face, really yeah. well realized. You could see the texture of it. You could see Emperor Palpatine in there. Yeah, uh, it was really, really gross and unsettling. 
Yeah, but what what I like most about it is that she had a whole rack of each t- kind of doll. So she had a whole rack yeah. of lizard guys, a whole rack of fitter guys, and a whole rack of presumably blister boys. The thing is, it took her a while. She was like moving her finger down the thinner guys until she found the right one. And it's like, well, hang on, are th- all of these meant to be cursed people? And you just have the three curses that you keep giving out on a ro- on a rolling basis. <laughs> oh, that's that's a nice. That's a very positive. Um reading of that scene i just thought it was ridiculous that she had ex- like 20 of the same guy yeah and the camera kept going back and forth and, and then it froze on one of them as if to go haha reveal you know i saw the, the 10 <laughs> yeah ten that's true yeah it's like yeah i know what you're doing it's not a surprise <laughs> it'd be creepy if she'd scroll past like regular dolls and then suddenly found yeah. like the creepy one yeah but... so you could go oh what's she doing here yeah <laughs> make you ask a question as opposed to when are you gonna finish doing this we get it <laughs> quick please <laughs> Please stop. All right, my last thing before our final good thing Ooh. is the wife's gross body. It's really, really quite creepy, the uh, yeah. work they did there. Very Tom Savini-esque. It's sort of haggard, mm. horrible, rotting quality. But also the implication that she went to bed perfectly fine, you know, normal-looking her, and that happened mm. overnight. Like, just mm. beside our sleeping protagonist, our fellated hero. Just the idea of, you know, if he'd woken up, he might have caught that process in the middle, you know? Yeah. Or at any stage, like, still happening. Like, there was a point at, like, 3 a.m. where it would have been going on. That that yeah. really fucks me up. And was it happening quietly while she was sleeping? Or I was guess she so, because it's awake implied... and couldn't vocalize it. Maybe, I don't know. It's just beyond the suffering. It's just the idea of something, a, a person disappearing beside you mm. whilst you sleep and yeah it, that was i think beyond intention because really the idea was it was just stephen king body Burr! you know yeah jump scare accidentally they hit on something really quite affecting there it's, mm. all, it's all about the disfigured corpses that you <laughs> <Yeah>. don't see <laughs> it's the ones you don't take you miss 100 percent of the corpses you don't rot and that's <laughs> uh that's finna well the final one the thing that we could both yeah. agree was the best thing about thinner and the reason you should check it out now is Joe Baby Day Baby's Day Out Montaigne, <laughs> as he likes to be known. Um who plays <laughs> the mob boss who ends up becoming like the best friend <laughs> in yeah. this. And the wise cracking like, best friend. I wouldn't miss it for the world. And it's like <laughs> God almighty, I'm so glad you're here for this journey. Yeah. He has some really great lines. Um I wish I'd written a lot of them down. Yeah, me too. Was, uh... It was a mook, but it was my mook. Richie the Hammer. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> when he's talking to the guy, it's vaguely implied that he gets early on, oh, this guy's a gay escort. But, like, he's still nice to the guy. <laughs> you know, when he's yeah. not... You know, and he's, he kind of flirts with him a bit, even. What's your name? Spurton. Frank Spurton. Okay, Frank Spurton. Check it out. I, uh... Don't do nothing that goes on video. Well, that's a good plan, Stan. Listen, there's some gypsies camped out back up the road. They light. You call me. Name should I ask for in case someone else answers? Oh, don't worry. I'll answer. Ooh. Um. Oh, I see you in Baby's Day Out, mate. Good plan, yeah. Stan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, check this Aww. out, and gets the money out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you just know. loved it. it was- he was a gay escort, but it was his gay escort. Yeah, exactly. I really enjoyed it in in court when it kept cutting back to Janelli was his character's name, his face yeah. as he reacts to the witness's statement. Yeah, it was just an inc- an increasing self satisfied 
bared teeth grin and it was just <laughs> wonderful watching that happen in real time you know <laughs> oh man so yeah i think yeah fat tony is definitely the best part of this particular stephen king adaptation check it out now Agreed. let's let's hear from some people who already checked it out now let's hear from the um og Team, team, what was the shining theme? Team, 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 Amazing. Very, very Definitely true, him. Katie. Uh, <laughs> said, actually noticed by at Eggywig. And Eggywig is Matt. Uh, is that Katie's boyfriend? Hey, Matt. Yeah, that's, Matt. yeah that's, Katie's. that's Katie's Matt. That's Katie's Matt. Hey, Matt. It's nice to meet you in the voice. <laughs> um, in the voice verse. Who replies with, this film put me right off pie. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's got a northern accent, but that was a very... Yeah, you got, his, you, you got him spot on. Spot on, mate. <laughs> I don't know if we'll include this in the podcast or not, but I okay. just want to tell you a thing uh, a thing about Matt that I think will tell you everything you need to know about him. Me and Katie were talking about Gav, our old um, history professor, mm. and he said, oh, I had, I had a mate called Gav. Um, he actually died. We were like, Sh-, And I was like, shit, really? And he's like, yeah, he's dead. Um, it was really horrible, actually. He was really young, and it really affected me, and it took me a long time to get over. And he's like, really? That's so horrible. He's like, yeah, he actually he died of heartburn died of heartburn how do you die of heartburn it's like no it just like it was you know thought it was heartburn didn't do anything about it and it just eventually died i, I really you know it took me a long time to get over it and i it's kind of still to this day you know i just can't believe gav is gone and i looked at him <laughs> i immediately said to him you piece of shit <laughs> you fucking ape i fucking bought into that so hard i was that's a real <laughs> thing is that setup that's a that's a juicy bridget like i know sweet trail of setup there <laughs> and you're 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 you're, tr- you're walking that trail with your head down at the ground looking at the trailer sweets and you don't notice <laughs> that he's got his trousers undone the trail of dead friend sweets <laughs> and there you go his flies are undone cocks out <laughs> and, and you just touched it with your hair Ah. Well, I've got no choice now. I've got to go through the rest of it. I was, I was very impressed. I was impressed as well as annoyed, you know, about how, how eloquently he had managed to do that. I hate that you got me, but you got me. I, even in trying to replicate it later to Jen, I couldn't keep a straight face in doing it. You know, he just fucking... Oh, fuck, it was flawless, really. God. <laughs> I was very impressed. But well, well done. Guy. Well, why don't you have him on the show? <laughs> you don't need me he anymore. Just trick us all. <laughs> it... it it's another mat trick. <laughs> it's a matty mistake. <laughs> mat, mat, mat. Um, any more? That's it. Thanks, uh, one good team. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Uh, Paul, what's the one better thing? The one better thing. Oh, well, I'd wish I'd seen any of the slew of great body horror movies of the 70s and 80s. But I've seen one that Paul <laughs> lent me a while back, and that's Tetsuo Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> 1989 movie directed by Shinya yeah. Tsukamoto, who, which oh, actually follows a similar plot to Thinner, actually, mm. uh, except replace man in a fat suit with salaryman and uh, gypsy <laughs> with metal fetishist. It's because yeah. uh, he does run some run this guy down in his car, and he has a way more oh, suitable yeah. or at least sort of context reliant punishment. It somehow makes more sense than Thinner, which is surprising because mm. it's one of the most surreal films I've ever seen. Uh, alarming, memorable moments of ultraviolence and body horror transformations shot in this compellingly grim, low death style. It's 
a yeah. short, sharp punch to the throat, cinematically speaking. Mm. Mm. And it is short. Well, it is watch short. It. Watch it during your wank. <laughs> It'll be done by the time you finish. So, <laughs> mine is a slightly longer wank, I'm afraid. It's um, Drag Me to Hell, Ooh. Sam Raimi film from 2009, and very similar in many ways. It's, again, this only better in almost every way. Our <laughs> protagonist is Alison Lohman, and she upsets an old gypsy woman, not by running her over whilst getting a blowy, although, you know, yeah, maybe that was a different day. But yeah, instead, she screws her out of her home simply because she wanted to appear tough to her boss. So it's an actual bad thing that she's done. There's yeah. no one to spread the blame to except maybe corporate culture, but she definitely is in the wrong and yet still manages to be sympathetic because she's a very sympathetically played character. Yeah. Um, the gypsy woman then, in a horrifying sequence in the car park afterwards, curses her with the Lamia. And the Lamia is a horrible demon that's going to keep showing up and um, doing just terrible things to her until she can find a way to lift the curse, which might involve having to pass it on to someone else. So... Mm. You know, very interesting stuff. What's really interesting is that it's implied there's a very heavy, what do you call it, uh, body image subtext. Mm. I say heavy, but it's always subtext. Um, a number of times we are t- keyed into the idea that she had an eating disorder when she was younger and she ate a lot. Mm. Um, and that that may have then turned into a certain amount of shame, which then may have turned into some form of bulimia. You know, she, And a lot of the ways in which she is haunted is reminiscent of symptoms of an eating disorder. It's things... You know, keep going into her mouth. There's a lot of stuff about vomiting. And yeah. again, I think fingernails actually do come up. And it's, you know, there's stuff in there that actually plays into the theme of that movie without it ever being overt to the extent that yeah, you right. might even watch the whole film and miss it. And also just the idea that this haunting that she's getting is actually humiliating her in front of, you know, her boss and her mm. you know potential in-laws. And so, yeah, it's it's a very interesting film in that respect and very dark, fabulous music. Only bad side is it does have some unnecessarily bad CGI in places where you didn't really need to use CGI at all. Like, there's a bit where... Yeah. And it's also got Sam Raimi's sense of humour. There's a bit where she gets attacked in the shed by the um, old woman ghost who's also after her. And the old yeah. woman ghost shoves her hand down Alice Lohman's mouth, again, you know, the thing, down yeah. her throat. And Lohman gets her off by cutting the rope to an anvil that was suspended above her head. <laughs> it was just in her shed. But it drops onto her head and her eyes and tongue shoots out and splashes Alice Lohman in the face. And it's yeah. CGI tongue and eyes, which is unfortunate. But aside from that, it's, there's a lot of great stuff going on. In particular, yeah. the um, seance or exorcism scene is very memorable. Yes, very true. And a great, and a great ending as well. Yeah, really I, haven't, ending, so. I, haven't, I haven't thought about that film in ages. It's, it's really enjoyable. It very really enjoyable. is. It's a lot of fun as well as being quite dark. <laughs> yeah, dark. So yeah, that's the one better thing. The one better thing. So, Paul, what's uh, what's happening? What's going on now? What do you want to do? You want to? I'll tell you what's happening. We we are on social media finally after public demand. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, OGT Pod. You can send us an email at Gmail at OGTPod at Gmail Hey, if you're listening to us on um, one of your shit podcast apps and thinking, hey, why can't I be like the cool kids finally at last? You can well, you can go on Spotify and you can start listening to Portugal the Man because they're very in right now. But you can also <laughs> misspell that uh, as one good thing <laughs> and find us on really there. misspell it you're gonna have to try quite hard on this yeah. one guys but it's worth the effort because you'll come here and you'll re-listen to this episode and go oh, i did that and you can pretend that you got to spotify before we said the spotify thing 
Um, yeah. Despite the fact that we've said it three weeks in a row now, and really there's no excuse not to listen to it <laughs> on this clearly superior format, uh, apparently. <laughs> we also have a Patreon. Yeah. Thank you so far to all of our patrons who um, have, have just been amazing and have yeah. helped us to do more of the things we love. We've got more coming out in the next couple of weeks, um, reviewing the big movies of 2020. Uh, Fuck expect yeah. more episodes of Paul Salt's Film Club. And uh, if I can <laughs> get off my sweet, sweet ass to do something, then I will as well. Pretty sweet um, ass. But uh, other than the exclusive content, just thank you so much for supporting us. The links are in yeah. the episode description and on mm-hmm. social media. We're members of the A Lot of Green Network. You can find us and other really good Australian podcasts there. Mm-hmm. Um, you just go to alotofgreen.com.au and um, oh. that's, what that, that's what you will find when you go to that place that I just said. <laughs> do it. You'll find it. And he'll be there too. Ready to guide Please. you through this mystical and magical world of his own design. You'll see. I'm Paul Wonderful Design. You'll all see. <laughs> I'm Paul... Pull it over. Pull it off. You're trying to uh, prompt me to say my name. Yeah. I'm I'm Paul Allen Goodman. I was born in Northampton in 1986 <laughs> at Northampton General Hospital to Simon and Nathan. And remember, one good thing about Stephen King's Tom Holland's Spider-Man's finna is Fat Tony.